Ready to go is right. Um, and I'll tell you what, we might, it's more fun to, to talk about, I mean, you're an offensive guy, always have been from quarterback to tight end, but always people like to talk about the offense and since the offense and your teammates, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Taylor Boyd, uh, all those kind of things, right? And instead, it's like this defense that's just being beast the last couple of weeks. You warned us about that defense a couple of weeks ago, Zach. I mean, my goodness, talk about that D. I mean, they're just playing so well from top to bottom, right? I mean, yeah, um, I mean, defensive lineman B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader doing a, doing a heck of a job inside. Uh, the two premier edge rush guys, uh, Sam Hubbard and and Trey Hendrickson are doing a heck of a job getting to the quarterback. I think Trey is second in the NFL in sacks right now, seven. Um, linebackers are solid, solid, solid. Um, you know, they're just Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson doing a great job, and that back end is so fast and so good, man. They're they're they're, they're killing it for sure. It's um it's been fun to watch, and they've definitely bailed the offense out a time or two the last couple of weeks. Right, that's what it takes over the course of a long season, Zach and. You did tell us last year when you were with the Lurs that a lot of people talk about the physicality of the Baltimore Ravens uh, as an opponent. Uh, you always said, man, don't, don't look past the Bengals. They might be the most physical team we play. So how 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 much live stuff uh, do you guys do? Uh, maybe we touched on this last week. So here it is Monday. And uh, well, give us the deal. The, the film on Monday, off on Tuesday, is that it? And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Is, is a normal week, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, typically, you know, going forward, um, Mondays, um, nice and easy, get in, get the body moving a little bit, get the lactic acid out, get in the film room, and then, yeah, Tuesdays are off days, and uh, take, take the weeks from there as they may. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, I, I had to ask you this because it, it, it's such a, a, a an interesting perspective. Is I, I don't know what game I was watching yesterday. You could pick any game uh, where you know an offensive lineman is going off the field, and they listed him. And they put his name up there: six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds. I, I mean, and I was watching. Was are, wait, wait, is that a misprint? Six foot five, three twenty. So. I'll never forget when you talked about how uh, going from Michigan to the NFL was far more of a how you notice the size than than going from El Dorado to Michigan. Like, just talk about the sheer size of these guys that uh, are in that locker room around you, uh, playing against you, all that kind of stuff. Zach, everybody's huge or, or fast, right? Is that what you told me? Yeah, I mean, so I think, I mean, everybody's gigantic. It's it just, um, you know, I think either people don't realize because they're just so locked in and watching on TV and, you know, everybody looks about the same size on TV or, you know, I never really experienced it. But, I mean, just uh, yeah, a collection of, of, of gigantic human beings. And I think I told you before, too, you know, if you pick out a, a guy or two that aren't as big as the rest or looks maybe a little out of place size-wise, then that means they have elite speed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just goes to show like what, what the adjustment period is and, and how much of a jump it is when I mean I went to the University of Michigan so yeah um, a conference known for having gigantic interior linemen um, I mean like Michigan's line this year is one of the biggest in the in the in college football if not the biggest um, right. and it's still like a little bit of a jump you know I mean especially the, the skill position players are all a little bigger and faster and stronger um, 
So, I mean, it is just a significant jump every level you go. You know, obviously high school to college is a, is a significant jump, and the college to professional level is another huge jump where it's like, you know, you take like that, that 2% of the, of the guys in the college team that were the biggest, fastest, strongest, and that's, you know, your whole team is comprised of those guys throughout the years. So, you know, it's like the 2% out of high school, the 2% out of college. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's what the teams are made up of. They're just a bunch of huge, huge humans. Huge humans that are extraordinary athletes. You know, whether the guys are specialty players or not, you know, the, those linemen, uh, great athletes along the way, along with being huge, as you said. So another thing you've talked about ha- that you, you had to get used to is, you know, going from high school to college to the NFL is you got to expect every game to go down to the wire. So yesterday is an imperfect example of, of why you say that. Okay, obviously you get Cleveland beating the Niners, you got the Jets beating the Eagles, and then the Giants giving the Bills everything they could handle, right? Tell us all, you know, that that there's no easy weeks because the number of guys in that other locker room are, are getting paid and want to make more money and want to, you know, that that's all part of the deal and they don't come out. There's no off weeks in the NFL, Zach. Well, exactly. And, you know, that's what I feel like. Yeah, hopefully I don't sound like a broken record too much, but that's why I keep saying that, you know, all these games are going to be close and they're all going to come down to the wire because, um, you know, like I just said, that it's a, you know, the 2% of the 2% type thing. It's, it's, um, you know, just because a team is one and four, one and five going into a game in the NFL, I mean, doesn't mean anything uh, that week. You know, if the, if the team that's one and five played better than the team that's, you know, five and zero oh or six and zero, oh, then they come out with a win. And um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's just so unpredictable. And then, you know, to your to your point, a lot of these guys, um, you know, have roles on this team, whether it's you know, or every team, special teams, offense, defense, it's. You know, it's it's more than you know. Just I guess a little gamey game out there. You know, you're using that money to feed your family and to you know, you know, buy a house and you know, it's it's a job. You know, you're paying taxes and it's um, so. There's guys out there that you know literally are performing out there to to secure their job to make sure that they can keep providing for their family. So it's um, yeah. So it's it's uh, you know, like I've said on here before, I'd hate to be the guy that has to pick those games all the time and. Uh, you right. know, the spreads and things of that nature because it's just so tricky and you never know on, on a, you know, any given week. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> things like film session, like you talk about. Did you guys watch film today? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I guess there's no nobody dozing off in there. I mean, you know what? Seattle was inside uh, the tw- the 20 or the 30 on four different occasions uh, and came away with three points yesterday. So you're getting into some nitty gritty film. Probably a lot wasn't a lot was spent on, you know, trying to make sure that teams aren't getting in the, the red zone as often. And also on your offense, trying to, you know, be more effective. They've got a lot more upside than maybe they showed yesterday. And obviously uh, you got to give Seattle credit on defense, but what was the general theme in, in film today? Well, you know, the Seahawks are one of those teams that are always, um, you know, they're, they're always going to be ready to go. They're always going to be well-prepared in the right spots, and it seems like they've always got the guys to get it done. So they're a team that's always going to give you the best game, um, and they have been for a long time. But, um, I mean, offensively, we only had two trips to the red zone. I think they were both in the first half, and so we were 100% in the red zone. But first half, the offense looked great. You know, felt like one of those games where we were going to score – 35 points and you know kind of run away with it but um you know huge huge um 
uh, I guess, drop-off in the second half. You can say, I mean, the execution wasn't as good. There were a few mental errors. We weren't moving the ball down the field as well as we liked to, or as well as we did in the first half. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier, our defense bailed us out a little bit. Huge credit to them because, yeah, four four trips for Seattle in our red zone, coming away with just three points out of four trips is just, I mean, that's the difference in the game. I mean, um, just a few, a couple of those field goals, I mean, as tight as that game was, um, we are very lucky that our defense is able to bail us out like that for sure. You know, I mean, you guys faced some adversity this year. I came out stumbling out of the gate. A lot of people picked you to be one of the uh, favorites to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, hasn't, you know, hasn't been even perfect the last couple of wins. Uh, you know, like, I guess what you're trying to, like, the reiterate, I guess, uh, Coach Zach Taylor is reiterating is that, you know, this uh, there's a long season. Like, th- this is like a week-to-week thing, uh, and it's not the first rodeo for everybody in that room that you were with in there today, Zach. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the guys who've been around long enough, um, you know, they know there's ebbs and flows for sure. Um, you know, it stinks when you come out and, you know, I think Vegas – you know, you know, the pundits said the Bengals going and, uh, you know, pick, pick to win the Super Bowl, you know, when the season started. And, you know, uh, we, we certainly think that based off of the last couple of years, AFC champion, AFC finals, you know, things like that. So it's just, uh, it's disappointing when you get off to the start. Um, you know, it's, it's not expected of the people outside the room, but I mean, more so even the people inside the room. So, you know, it's a long season. It, it just, sometimes it just takes a while to, for everything to click. You know, it's, it's like, one game, the offense plays great, and the defense plays great. Um, but when you can get it all all moving in one direction, and, and you know, um, offense complementing defense, complementing special teams, that's when you know you really start to, to stride throughout the season, and, and the teams start to look a lot better, and, and the wins get a little easier. All right, um, real quick, Zach, we're keeping everybody updated on the ALCS. Uh, Texas now with a 5-4 lead over the Houston Astros. Bottom of the eighth, two outs, nobody on. Uh, Jordan Alvarez uh, with a home run off of Alondo Chapman. I think it was like a 99-mile-an-hour fastball left on left. Uh, and he goes yard, so it's five four Rangers. Rangers led earlier five to one. Now it's five four. Two outs in the bottom of the eighth inning. All right, other things going on, Zach. Over the weekend, college football. Wolverines don't slow down for anybody here. I mean, uh, their offensive coordinator is a guy that you're very familiar with. He wasn't the old coordinator when you were there, but, you know, obviously, you know, the tempo and everything else, maybe it's Coach Harbaugh. What is it? Uh, but it seems like, uh, you know, Michigan is taking less time per play, getting more plays in, and really lighting up the, the scoreboard, Zach. Yeah, they, they definitely have the, have the guys, um, the people around the ability to, to move a little faster. I think, you know, they're, they're faster than maybe um, teams in the past have been. But, yeah, like you said, the, the offense coordinator, Sharon Moore, was my tight end coach my senior year there at Michigan, and he's done just a fantastic job. I mean, um, he's somebody who, uh, you know, I don't know when it's going to be, how, how long he desires to be the offensive coordinator at Michigan, but when he leaves, he's going he's gonna to be a prime candidate for a big head coaching job somewhere, and he's going to be a really successful guy. Um, you know, I can I can count on that. So he's he, he's a heck of a guy, heck of a coach, and uh, they just seem so disciplined. You know, they're not a very penalized team. Um, they're they're able to complement the running and passing game so well because they have great backs, great offensive line. You know, the play action pass is amazing. Um, 
it's really the first time, I wouldn't say first time in a while, but it's, it's, this is one of the years it stands out where it's like that defense is just as dominant as the offense. You know, I think um, that secondary especially. I mean, they, they've always had a lot of guys, um, you know, in the trenches and in the, in the second level of the linebacker spot that can yeah. come up and hit and always been pretty good against the run, you know, since since uh, Coach Harbaugh's taken over. But the, the secondary is so good. They're forcing so many turnovers and um, just just, Keeping keeping offenses on their toes, they have to scheme a lot when they play that Michigan defense. So, you know they've been um, they've played some Big Ten opponents um, thus far, but you know it's going to get really interesting down the stretch here when they start to get you know big time tested. You know they have to <clears throat> go to Michigan State this weekend, big in state rivalry. So we'll see how that plays out. And Michigan State's a little down, but you can never uh, you know discount uh, anything with the emotions of that rivalry going into the weekend. Yeah, defense has not taken a snap this season with for facing first and goal, Zach. I mean, we sit here now in the middle of October. Just I mean, just think about that. No defensive snaps first and goal. I mean, when you hear that where we sit now in the schedule, I mean, just what what do you even say to something like that? <laughs> That's a pretty incredible stat. And, you know, people can, you know, talk about um, who they've played and, and things like that. But, I mean, that's just period. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, I don't care. If it's you know the worst team in college football or the best or somewhere in between, I mean, if you're at this point mid October and you know nobody's been first and goal on you, that's that's pretty astounding um, stat considering you know even I mean you know the teams they've played even in the Big Ten you know are not are not um, you know patty cake teams you know those are teams that were, were taking other Big Ten teams down to the wire and so um, I mean that that in itself is, is a pretty astounding stat to not have a team be first and goal <laughs> going into your end zone. Halfway through the season. We're talking to Cincinnati Bengals tight end Zach Gentry here on Team Talk. Going back to last week and into the game week, Zach, preparing for Seattle. When you're facing an uncommon opponent like that, is the week of prep different at all? Uh, maybe a little bit. You know, it's it's it definitely some more time spent in the film room because it's not a, a divisional opponent or somebody that you play all the time. The thing that is a little nicer, I guess, is, you know, that... that um, that division is, you know, like our, our cross division opponents. So it's Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona, you know, those teams. So, um, LA Rams. So, um, it's kind of funny, you know, when you navigate around the NFL, certain divisions within the league kind of, you know, have their own personalities. Like the, the AFC North is, you know, physical, grind the ball, control the clock. Um, so, so that, that West Coast style is a little bit different. You know, their offenses are all a little similar. You know, they kind of all piggyback off each other and, um, defenses are all a little similar too. They'll get into five down, one linebacker, two stand-up, nine technique defensive ends. So um, it's, it's more preparation for sure. But since we've already played a couple of those divisional opponents out there in the NFC, then um, you get a little bit more used to their schemes going forward. So now getting ready to go to San Francisco for the next game coming up. Well, actually, after the bye, you guys will have the bye, and then you'll go to San Francisco on the 29th. So that'll leave plenty of time to pre- uh, prepare for this game, Zach. But when you guys are getting ready for San Francisco, when you're game planning for the 49ers, I mean, th- this is hard to find a better example than how week-to-week the NFL is. But how do you guys decipher through all that when you look at what San Francisco did to the Cowboys and then what ended up happening yesterday with the 49ers losing to Cleveland with a backup quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, goes goes to show you know obviously that anybody can win but at the same time you know i i just watching that 49ers team um uh, both on tape a little bit and just you know on sundays watching them they're uh, i think they could be the team to beat this year just in terms of 
you know, they they could be one of the top dogs there going into the going into the postseason. They're just a very very complete team. Uh, their offense has a lot of wrinkles that I think are really challenging for defenses to to match up against. Uh, they obviously have a lot of great skill position players on the offensive side of the ball, but their defense is just so good. Their their D line, obviously with Bosa and Fred Warner, is the second level, and their DBs are are really good too. I think that's going to be a game that we're going to have to really game plan a lot for. Um, get the film room and figure out where we can, you know, gain an edge, um, offense, defense, special teams. But that's definitely a very complete team. And I think um, if they can stay healthy and keep their momentum going, I think San Francisco is a team that could, could go pretty dang far. Always nice to get the win. You guys now three wins in the last four to get back to 500 on the season. And with <clears> it being so week to week, anybody can come back from any just about any situation when we're still sitting in week six, Zach. But Big, big difference psychologically between three and three and, and two and four. Is that something that you guys talk about at all on your side of things? Something that we talk about on the radio? Is that something that comes up for you guys? No doubt about it. I mean, getting to three and three was huge. Um, obviously, you want to win every single game that you're that you're playing in. But I mean, yeah, the difference between two and four and three and three is gigantic. Um, especially heading into a bye week, getting that confidence, and you know, you're not thinking about things as much, not as hard on yourself, and um, you know, compliment to. You know, the coaching staff and the team here that we've uh, been able to finish these last two weeks with a win. And, you know, like you said, three in the last four weeks um, after the start we got off to is, is, you know, it's challenging to do that. So it's, it's, it's a good sign for the team. We're headed in the right direction. But, um, I mean, it's like you said, you don't want to think too, too far ahead about, like, the implications of some of these losses. But getting to three and three um, definitely kind of keeps those, those question marks at bay for a little bit. What was the biggest mental challenge for you guys of having to find different ways to win? I mean, we see the talent on the outside, and we've talked about it with you over the weeks. But bottom line is, you got to you know just f- figure out how to win in the NFL. But what was the biggest challenge for that, and how rewarding has it been knowing that you guys can find these different uh, scenarios, uh, find ways to win where it's not just three hundred passing yards a game? Yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge was just just meshing together. I mean, I think. You know, I could speak for the whole team and for the coaching staff and they say like that first month we were kind of scratching our heads like well, you know what's what's kind of what's going on here what's what's the issue you know you see how talented of a group you are inside the locker room and then it doesn't translate on Sundays it's, it's really frustrating so I think I, I attribute a, a decent amount of that to um, you know Joe Burrow obviously missed all of camp basically with his calf and it's tough you know I don't care you know how how good you are, polished you are, how elite you are, if, if you miss, like, an entire training camp and that timing's off and, um, you know, guys aren't as healthy, then it's it's not going to be as polished as it normally is, and it's going to be tough. And, and Joe was hobbling a little bit those first three weeks, um, three, four weeks coming back, and so he was a little bit of a sitting duck in the pocket. You know, teams could blitz us and, and know that, you know, Joe couldn't scramble and, and have some answers there, so... Him, him getting healthy and, and getting back to 100% was huge, and then, you know, getting kind of getting his reps back and, and getting more comfortable with, with the guys because there are some new receivers, uh, draft picks and things like that. So um, I think kind of getting those reps and getting him healthy was a was a major part of kind of this upswing we got going on. We're talking to Cincinnati Bengals tight end Zach Gentry. So, Zach, I want to bring in Scott Galletti. He's licking his wounds as a USC Trojan fan. I know <laughs> Notre Dame is not in the Big Ten, but – 
Is that the kind of environment that Scott and the Trojans are going to have to get used to as they make their transition uh, to the Big Ten? You know, them and UCLA and Oregon and Washington. It's not, it's not soft. It's not flag football in the Big Ten. You've got to be able to play both sides of the ball. Talk to Scott Galetti and give him your thoughts there, Zach. Yeah, Zach, I was going to kind of ask you about that because not only Joe yesterday, but other people were mentioning, hey, USC is going to the Big Ten. They can expect this kind of road trip all the time in the Big Ten. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, obviously there's there's better teams than others in every conference, but the Big Ten um, definitely hangs their hat on being the most physical conference. You know that you know they got the SECs of the world that are the fastest and things like that. But the Big Ten is uh, is physical, physical big boy ball. It gets freezing cold, and you know they're going to run downhill and hit you. So. Um, you know, we'll see that whole situation with those West Coast teams being added will be interesting. You know, I don't know how it's going to fare. I mean, it'll probably be good for the conference. It'll be good for money, um, you know, but and, and that's, a, you know, certainly a super conference now because those are, you know, huge schools coming to coming to join. So it's going to be very interesting, very electric. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a different style of ball for those guys. I mean, I'm sure it'll be different for these big 10 teams trying to defend those those offenses, you know, USC is yeah. not an easy team to, to, to game plan for, you know, and as far as the defense goes, but, um, yeah, I think they're going to find out, um, pretty quickly that it's a little bit different conferences in terms of physicality. I can at least say that for sure. Yeah, that is for sure. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, Zach. You are always in shape. You're always working out and getting ready for the next game and the next play. You guys have talked about you and the practices and the team. What has kept Zach Gentry motivated during this time since you've been with the Bengals, and what will keep you going until your next step on the field? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, uh, I think more so than anything for me, it's uh, just knowing, you know, knowing how capable I am and you know, knowing that you know, I have a good resume. You know, I've played a lot mm-hmm. of snaps over the last four years, and um, you know, I, I I know for a fact I've executed uh, you know to a to a, up to my standard um, you know for for the vast majority of those snaps and you know it's been proven it's on tape and so I know that you know I'm confident when I when I get my um, you know name called get that opportunity I know I'll be just fine you know I, I feel like I uh, you know always kind of looking to get better you know even though you know practicing and um, throughout the weeks and, you know, not being really much of a payoff on the, on the game day, but man, you know, I feel as good as I ever have body wise and, um, technique wise, ability wise. So, uh, just kind of knowing what I'm capable of and what I can bring to the table is, is what's keeping me motivated. You know, it, it certainly hasn't been, uh, a walk in the park, you know, going from, you know, starting a bunch of games the last few years to the position I'm in now, but, um, you know, I've had a lot of help, too. You know, my family's been there for me a lot. And, you know, I talk to them a lot, and they kind of help me through it as well, you know, and when things are getting tough. So um, feeling good, though. You know, like I said, mentally, physically, I'm ready to go. And um, I think you get to a certain point in your career and where you're professional and you're just motivated all the time. So just continuing to do that has been big for me. Got to end up by keeping it light, Zach. Have you been to White Castle yet? It's not too far from the stadium, by the way. <laughs> He would get it by the suitcase. You remember he told you up in uh, right? No, in I Ann Arbor. No, 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 I'm talking about the one in Cincy. I'm okay. talking about the, the one, one in Cincy. Cincy. It's right down the street from the stadium. 
we got to get you like some White Castle for when we're at the pit or something, you know. You can there you go. I right like that idea. <laughs> Zach, Scott, Scott knows the proximity of every fast food restaurant by every stadium. I mean, he's told me about the ones that are close to Dodger Stadium. We're talking about Paycor. If you ever need to know, that is your guy to call. And Sam's <laughs> probably right about that, by the way. <laughs> right. And I don't think you're going to get any argument from Zach on that, right? Uh, you, you, you respect Scott's uh, ability to choose uh, good places to eat, I'm assuming there, Zach? Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't doubt his ability as well to, to get them into the press box when he's doing a game. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> you see me in action. Yep. All right, the man's got to eat. Uh, feed me. And, uh, Zach, great, great insight. Uh, I thought Scott's question was a great question uh, of how you're continuing to persevere. And, and all those things you said uh, really hit home with me. That's why we like having you on every single week, Zach. And we'll talk to you next monday thank you so much and uh we'll uh be in touch next uh monday that's zach gentry tight end for the cincinnati Bengals. all right we haven't done the top five yet when we come back we're going to do just that you're listening to team talk live from sandia sports bar joe o'neill scott galetti sam hauser espn radio 1017 the team